following is a repeat show that was previously broadcast on Unity FM. Welcome back to Parenting Hour. You're with Kathleen and, and it's lovely being with you this evening and you're tuned in on 93.5 FM, Unity FM or 105.1 if you're listening to us down south or if you're listening to us on the app. Welcome this evening. Driving home in your car, welcome also. Um, or if you're at home uh, listening to us on the radio or online, uh, we are welcome and thank you for joining in. We have um, a, a very important session. Now, of course, I, I always say that with all my sessions, but this is very important because we're talking about relationships and relationship breakdown. And um, and both of my guests this evening are counsellors, experienced relationship, working with people that have difficulties in their relationship. And we are trying to help you to understand what are the triggers. And we were talking about that before break. And then we will look at how can we uh, problem solve some of these triggers before we move on to uh, prevention in some way uh, in the and how we can have better relationships, looking at the Prophet Islam and looking at his examples, which is wonderful. So we have Sister Abida with us and Brother Saeed. And mashallah, before the break, they were talking about triggers. Just before I go back to those triggers again, our number is 0121-772-8892. We would love you to ring in and get involved in the conversation. We know uh, you may not have an issue, but you may have a question about somebody that you want to help and that you're not knowing how to help them or where to help them or where to go to. Well, both of our experts this evening will be able to give you that advice. So we're, we're here live this evening helping you, inshallah, if you uh, want that help, please do ring in. So before the break, we were talking about triggers and we were talking about three triggers that Brother Saeed mentioned about the criticism, about the blame factor, and then the stonewalling, which is the giving the cold shoulder and not talking to each other, which I, I often feel is, is kind of a, a, a bit of a petty thing to do, where I'm not talking to you. I'm not, but it does happen, I believe, and it's one of the triggers Brother Said was saying. Uh, Sister, uh, Sister Abida, do you have other triggers that um, happen in relationships like that? There? Are, these, are these the main ones that you think? I think these these are obviously the the prominent ones, but there there's a whole list of things where we, you understand that if every now and then if one thing happens, it's not a problem. But if it becomes a persistent theme, and you recognize that, for instance, if somebody constantly is guilt tripping the other person, or making them feel bad about themselves, or you see passive aggression. Um, which is if if they're not happy with uh, or they're angry with you or they're not happy with uh, with something that you've said or done, they are very um, their aggression is very in, uh, is is prominent in their body language, uh, which is also obviously um, uh, something to be quite mindful of because later on obviously that can that can escalate and become a, a violent relationship as well. Um, and I, uh, another thing which we, we see often is that if people are constantly threatening to leave, for instance, if you don't listen to me, you know, I'll ca- call the wedding off or uh, I can't commit to this anymore or whatever. And that whole thing about constantly threatening to leave the relationship is almost emotionally blackmailing the person or making them panic 
um, and feel that that kind of making them take all the responsibility that they have to fix that. So there, there are a lot of these things. But I suppose the important thing is that as soon as you see that there is a reoccurring pattern, that that is the, your flashlight. Really, that that's I think it's a warning sign. It's a red flag. Mm, that's really good that we have some red flags here and is a reoccurring pattern to be able to kind of sit back and and analyze or review what's what's going on here a lot of people i suppose when they're involved in a marriage or relationship they they're kind of blinded by it and don't want to see it as an ongoing pattern or when the person apologizes and say it won't happen again take that apology and thinks okay it won't happen again until it does happen does that happen as well I, th- yeah. I think it. Sorry, brother, say this. Can I carry on? Can I carry on after you? Um, I mean, I, I was just saying that the the reality is that with the, with patterns, we can tell we can tell that it yeah. happened last week, or it wa- happened two weeks ago, or it happened um, day before yesterday, and and you you can tell it's a pattern. And when it's a pattern, obviously the 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 outcome is that people are constantly unhappy and they're constantly falling out, or there is no sakina in the household, or they, there's constant bickering, and it, the fallout is on the children or other people, and there's so much disharmony and discord. So, okay, you might make up for a couple of hours, but then before you know, you're back to square one. So. Although people might not want to address that, but I think it's very difficult not to recognize that you're not happy, whether it's your own fault or whether it's the other person's fault. But there there needs to be some work done, whether it's behavior modification or whether it's re- realigning your, val- uh, your uh, expectations from each other, whether they're financial or social or whatever. But there has to be some intervention if, if these things are constantly happening. And I'm going to pose this to you now in, in the Muslim community is how bad did this get? Because I remember oh, a good few years ago now I was doing some work abroad in one of the Arab countries um, and I was working with children actually at the time. But it was with the teachers. This this workshop was with the teachers and we were talking about abuses and uh, how to look after yourself and recognize something like this, the threats. And, and one brother stopped me and told me, sister, this doesn't happen uh, to Muslims. This is not going on. And then I went to the toilet and um, a, a woman came in after me in the toilet and thanked me for doing for what I was doing because she said this is going on at home for her herself. So how prevalent is are these conflicts, the relationship conflicts, that actually do get worse and go in. You mentioned emotional blackmail and emotional kind of abuse, but there's other types of abuses. How prevalent are they, do you know? I think it's quite prevalent in the community, unfortunately, because if you think about it, you know, Allah SWT created all of us as human beings, and then he sent guidance, you know, through the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet to help mm-hmm. us to manage those kind of issues and to be the best, you know, to bring out the best of ourselves. And often, you know, when we have these conflicts, often there are, you know, it doesn't, it's like mental health, you know, issues. Often people think, well, if you've got mental health, you know, because maybe you have weak Iman or, well, these are kind of things that we are here to be tested with and is how we deal with them. So in terms of the, you know, the mental health issue where, you know, we are tested with that and is how we cope with that. But the, 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 the abuse is not really something that we should tolerate. And we should accept because Islam came to remove harm and came to eradicate harm. And one of the principles and the objectives of Sharia is to remove harm. 
and to, to eradicate it and to protect life, to protect the mind, you know, to protect the family. All these things are very integral. So it's not to accept abuse. We accept the things we don't have control over. But we don't accept the things that, you know, are perpetrated in the name of culture or in the name of religion to cause harm because the religion doesn't allow harm to be caused under the umbrella of faith. And that's really important to kind of speak about that from the outset because often people suffer and say, well, yeah, yeah but that's my test. That's, you know, I should accept it. No, you shouldn't have to tolerate harm and you shouldn't have to accept it because it has an impact on your well-being, has an impact on your connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it has an impact on how you live your life. So it's going to be detrimental to you in this life and also in the hereafter because you're not going to be able to do the best that you can in this life if you are un under constant abuse. Mm -hmm. So uh, before we go into how we prevent this or maybe as part of the prevention you're going to talk about the different abuses so should we discuss about what do we need to do now to to problem solve this and then we can talk about um that abuse as well as part of this so how can we maybe the very start and we work our way up to the different situations how can we problem solve how can what what do we need to have in place um, when we start recognizing some triggers, when we at the at the very beginning, uh, I think for for me, I think the first thing is is I think very important that when we experience difficulty, is that we don't escalate things. We try and de-escalate by our actions. So it's almost like if you have a fire, and you're trying to kind of contain the fire and maybe put the fire out. But what happens often in couples, they, the kind of people escalate. And like, you know, you said this, that I need to do something even bigger. Or mm. you did something to me, so I need to even treat you. And that's not very Islamic way of doing things because part of our deen should be forgiveness when we can, but also should be kind of trying to remedy. So the first thing, I guess, is, you know, what the language we use is very important. You know how we use the words. The words can be very hurtful towards each other because they impact on the heart and the impact on our feelings, and is how we use diplomacy, you know, to resolve our issues and to problem solve. So often in our families or when we have relationship issues, it's almost like if you say ah, there has to be a winner and a loser, hmm. and sometimes really we should be working in a marriage on a win-win situation. So it doesn't, have to be, it doesn't mean that if you win, I lose. Is, it should always be if you win, I also win. So it's about how we create a win-win situation in the relationship rather than kind of creating, well, there has to be winners and losers and there have to be people who are strong and people who are weak and there mm. have to be people who are, uh, you know, controlling and people who are controlled. Islamically, that's not right and that's not acceptable. Definitely, definitely. And I and I think the, 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 the as long as we understand that, um, you know, when we talk about passive aggression, whether we talk about physical abuse, um, emotional abuse, psychological abuse, or financial abuse. Obviously, those are all things which, like we, we've identified, would be uh, red flags that if somebody is experiencing those issues, then they definitely seek help because, like Brother Said said, staying in this, those relationships are not good for anybody and especially not for the children for, for whose sake, especially women tend to stay in relationships thinking they're doing their children favors. But Unfortunately, we see a lot of those children when they grow up, 
the cycle is repeated because that's all they learn from their home environment. So unfortunately, although may Allah reward those mothers for um, their intentions, but the reality is that they're exposing their children to a lot of, lot of toxicity. And now if we think about um, um, some of the rules or boundaries, I suppose it's, it's a, like the brother said, that it's important that we kind of take a step back and think, you know, um, why am I upset? Because sometimes we don't even know why, why we're expressing a lot of anger. So is it really uh, about, you know, somebody, uh, the husband left the jam to- uh, jar open and they didn't close the uh, milk bottle top or something? Or is there a, a bigger issue that is festering under underneath, really? So it's important to know our own feelings and take responsibility for our own feelings before we start an argument. I also think that it's quite important that we, we, we as adults, we, um, we, t- we, t- we discuss one issue at the time because sometimes, you know, when we're angry, everything comes up. You know, you did this to me last month and then your mother did this to me and you promised that and you said we'll go to Hajj and you never took me. So everything becomes a big thing. And with that, and obviously when we talk about a lot of issues, we cannot discuss anything sensibly. Um, and like Brother said, obviously language is quite important because the way we speak to each other, if we're using degrading language um, then, and we're pushing the other person's ego, then we're not going to be going far with that. Um, one of the things that I always say, which is so important, is that we use, we take responsibility for our own feelings and we use words like, you know, I feel angry or I feel hurt when you ignore my phone calls or I feel scared when you yell at me. So a lot of I statements, which which would create a distance. We're not blaming the other person. And I think that kind of uh, widens the window of tolerance and you kind of come away from that fight or flight um, thing. So you're not kind of approaching this from that uh, state anymore. Um, another thing is that the, the minute we kind of tone our voice down, we realize if we're not yelling, um, then we can have a conversation. But when people, and, and it's almost miraculous when one person starts toning their tone down, it actually uh, has an impact on the other person. So it's quite an effective tool. Uh, although we're angry does not mean that we should shout. We can express anger in, in an adult-like manner as well. Um, and we can only do this when we do reflection away from that spot, because obviously when we're actually in a fight-or-flight place, we, we, we're not going to think about these things. So these are the things we, we, we think about when we're, we're, when we're generally kind of uh, do, doing contemplation and thinking about our own character and how we are towards the other person generally. Wonderful advice there and problem-solving uh, techniques and solutions there, looking at, at ourselves, looking at how we speak, our tone of advice, uh, how we get angry, how we express our emotions, our feelings, uh, boundaries, rules. I statements, I mean, wonderful things to have in place. uh, And I'm glad that you mentioned, too, that people are suffering domestic abuse in whatever form that they go for help. Um, As you were talking there, though, I was thinking, do do people actually do that? Do they have any training to do this? Because it's kind of a, yes, it is the Islamic way to approach uh, our relationship. And uh, but when we're in the situation, a lot of people have never had any training and naturally think I need to win this. Uh, this is a battle. It's not my fault. I need to show that it's not my fault and kind of raise their voice and um, 
uh, and to stand up for themselves. How can we help people to, I suppose, problem solve, not just problem solve, but prevent even a layer behind this? So we, we were talking about problem solving here. How can we go back another layer and kind of uh, give people kind of tools from the very beginning so that they don't even uh, get into to this situation or what do they need to have as part of their toolkit kind of going into a relationship? It's very important because it's part of our faith that we kind of, we, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he talks about knowledge and he talks about fa'alam and who when, you know, be certain and be aware there is no God except Allah. So even matters of faith, everything is based on knowledge. In matters of relationships also, we have to understand and kind of invest in how we learn about each other. And, you know, whether it's marital counseling or marriage, marriage counseling or relationship counseling, those are very important. If you imagine your relationship as a, the investment of your life, because if you have a healthy relationship, then you will have a healthy life. You know, the, the, there's a, a saying, they say, happy wife, happy life. If you have either you know, a happy husband, you know, you'll, have, you'll have a happy life too. Uh, so if you imagine those things, that if you have investment in your relationship and how to manage it and how to develop skills of communication, develop s- skills of problem solving, develop skills of emotional regulation, those will only come to you if you are willing to put yourself out there and learn and seek help when you need it. And also have no shame about seeking help because if you're going to learn something that is going to bring you profit into your bank account, you probably go and learn it because you see there's a, a it's going to generate income. Mm-hmm. This investment in your relationship is going to generate income in a different way, psychological income, spiritual income for you. And also the most important income that you can be spouses, that you support each other in this life. And then inshallah, this will be your vehicle to Jannah inshallah and to earn in the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So imagine if you use this your marriage and your relationship as an investment to learn about each other, to be patient with one another, to help one another to overcome their difficulties. So even if someone is experiencing difficulty, instead of blaming them, why don't we help them? Why don't we give them a hand up instead of putting them down? Wow, that's great questions there that uh, people should be asking themselves and, and coming forward and seeking help and maybe there is some people that want to ring in this evening but actually don't want to come on an air in case people recognize their voice uh, i will say to them if you want to ring in and leave a message with the studio manager she can actually um t- t- let us know what it is your question is or what help you need again the number is 0121-772-8892 our two counselors here if people were listening to you and and felt oh i i would love to have a conversation with uh, with either one of you, how would they contact you? Stavida, you want to go? Um, um, I have a website through which, inshallah, if people want to contact me, they can either email me through that. So my website is um, com, and my email would be on that info at um, com. Um, so that's the easiest kind of way. And there, there should be a phone number on there as well somewhere. And, and for me, inshallah, if, if you go to the Muslim Counselor and Psychotherapist Network and there's a counselor directory there, I'm on the directory, inshallah. So my email address, my phone number is on that directory. So if you go to the Muslim Counselor and Psychotherapist Network, inshallah. Wonderful. 
Mashallah, excellent. Thank you for for giving us that information because um, it is sometimes people need to. Uh, I know we're, as you mentioned, we're getting better at talking about things, but um, people still need to know wh where's the right places to go to, and they may have taken to something that you've mentioned this evening and thought, okay, I, I, I this person would be a, a person I could talk to more. So that's really uh, good that you you have uh, given us that information indeed. And you mentioned just before that about the willingness to learn, um, which got me thinking that, you know, a lot of these skills people have learned in the workplace and they use in the workplace, but they actually kind of leave them at the door of the home when they're coming mm. home and don't mm. bring them in through the door um, and, and just think they're for the workplace. But there seem to be similar skills to the workplace. Mm. What mm. do you think? I think definitely. I mean, one of the things that we use in our uh, in our counselling model is the transactional analysis, which is something that we use in our workplace as well. And I suppose a lot of these skills, Kathleen, if you think about it, we, it's a repeat of what we've learned from our parents, really. And that's why it's problematic. If we're lucky and if we've seen a healthy, secure, uh, respectful relationship between our mom and dad, chances are that mm. we will want to implement the same in our relationship. But unfortunately, not everybody is so blessed that you, you're raised in a, in a secure and grounded uh, household. So then if there are issues, sometimes people are totally oblivious. They think whatever they're doing, that's how it should be done. And, I, and I've come across many couples who don't see a single fault in how they are when it comes to speaking to their spouses in a disrespectful or degrading manner because they think it's absolutely on point. That's what you do in a relationship. So it's almost a split persona. Like you said, you walk in through the door and you're somebody totally different to who you were at workplace. So uh, I suppose it's important to recognize that. What do you think, Brother Say? No, absolutely. And, and it's really important to that we kind of, get our information also from authentic sources because often when we repeat the same mistakes that our parents maybe you know they didn't have the knowledge or they didn't have the experience and they repeat, we repeat the same things and then we expect different outcomes it's not going to work because if you use it the same process you're not going to get different outcomes so when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran chapter 30 talks about you know the, the verses of the marriage and he talks about you know from your spouses we have created for you from yourself, spouses, and made between you mercy, compassion. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and sakina. And then Allah said, inna fi Indeed, there are signs for those who are thoughtful. So being thoughtful is one aspect of kind of helping ourselves and developing that skills, how to be thoughtful to your spouse. Secondly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, you know, there are signs for those who listen. So how mm. do we actively listen to one another? And we listen and seek to understand before we seek to be understood. So it's very important when you listen, suspend your judgment and just listen to the person and give them time and space without judging them, without trying to answer them back. You know, every word they say, you're trying to think about how to counter their argument. And the last Allah said, there are those, the signs for those who have alameen, those who have knowledge. So learn about each other, learn about the type of character, personality of each other, and, and what makes you tick, you know, as a human being. Because you do, as you said, Sister Catherine, we do that with our colleagues at work. We learn about the different personality traits of our team and, you know, how do we work with them? How do we get on with them? And we, if we try an approach and it hasn't worked, we often think about a different approach to get their attention. And then Allah said, you know, there are 
science for those who use their intellect. So use your reason, you know, instead of just being kind of stimulus, st- stimulated to trick, to be tricked, tricked mm. and reacting. Use your reason, you know, sometimes. And also sometimes the reason is, you know, if you use your reason, you might not say anything and wait until that person has calmed down and then you can speak to them, you know, as Sister Ibiza said, with a calm voice, have a dialogue, have a, you know, be patient with one another. Those are kind of the the tools that the Prophet ﷺ taught us, you know, and he used in his relationships and he with his colleagues, with his companions, with his family. And that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described him. He said, you know, with the mercy of Allah, you became lenient toward them. He became lenient and kind and compassionate with his dealings with his companions. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and if you were hard and, and hard, your heart was hard, they would have walked away from you. So mm-hmm. the Prophet was kind-hearted. So work on your heart to start with. You know, open your heart to your spouse. Be kind-hearted. You know, allow, inshallah. MashaAllah, that's wonderful, MashaAllah, lovely tips there indeed. And as we come into the last minute of the show, the time goes by so quickly here. Is there anything you'd like to add on to that in looking at our heart uh, and developing this heart, inshallah, Strabada? I, I, I think the, the, the important thing is that we take personal responsibility rather than expecting the other person to change. If we have introspection, and think about what am I doing to make this not work rather than focusing on what the other person is doing for this not to work. I think that's a game changer because we can't mm. change other people, but we can definitely change our own uh, uh, selves. Mm. And I think that's very mm. important. MashaAllah, mm. what wonderful tips mm. there to give indeed, mm. uh, inshallah. Um, we can share, the, the studio can share tips and websites indeed with everybody that needs anything. We're coming to the last few seconds of, of the show. What a great privilege it was to have you both here. Jazakallah khairan to you both for giving up your time this evening to help our community. I know these tips, these useful advice will really help people. Uh, inshallah, have a lovely week, everybody. Have a lovely week, uh, Sa- Brother Saeed and Sister Abida. Mm-hmm.